Welcome to CBJ in 30, the official podcast of the Columbus Blue Jackets. Here's Bob McElligant. Welcome to the Monday Mailbag. What a weekend it was. Just a, a huge difference in two games. Blue Jackets shut out 7-0 by the Florida Panthers on Saturday. Then they come back and win in overtime yesterday, 4-3, over the Ottawa Senators. And now it is time to hit the road. There are only a couple of road trips left. This one's going to be the last long one, and it's not really that long at all. Blue Jackets will head up to Toronto today and then play against the Maple Leafs tomorrow, then head down to New Jersey, play against the Devils on Thursday, and then come back home to take on the New York Rangers on Saturday. That is the lineup for the week. If you haven't sent me your question yet on Twitter, at Bobby Max Sports, as some of, you, some of you have, if you haven't done that, you can either do that right now, or if you're with me live on Twitter Spaces, you can go ahead and send your, or you can request to be a speaker, rather. And when you do that, I bring you on, and then we can talk about the Blue Jackets. Very simple. Blue Jackets last night won a game in overtime. They won it over the Ottawa Senators, came back late in the third period, tied the game at three, and then Kirill Marchenko won it in overtime, picking up his 21st goal of the season. In doing so, he set a new record for goals scored in a season by a rookie. A couple of years ago during the 17-18 season, Pierre-Luc Dubois had scored 20, and last night Kirill Marchenko broke that when he picked up his 21st goal of the year. So, Blue Jackets win that one. Uh, they had been shut out the night before. They were embarrassed at home the night before, let's be honest. Uh, seven to nothing by the Florida Panthers. And prior to that, they went up to Boston, got a surprise point there. Uh, really fought hard with a depleted lineup in Boston to force the Bruins to overtime before losing that game two to one. So three points in the last three games. Some of you love it. Some of you hate it. We're going to talk about all of it. But let's uh, start by going to Jordan, who is on Twitter Spaces with me today and has requested to speak. So, hello, Jordan. Are you there? Yep, I'm still here. How are you doing today on this fine Monday afternoon? I'm doing great. How are you? I can't complain. I think everybody's been uh, talking about, you know, after these injuries been impacted, uh, you know, they just finished calling uh, Jet Grease. What are, your, what are your thoughts on Jet, you know, making the trip to Toronto with the Jacket squad? Well, I, I think they're just trying to flip guys around a little bit. John Gillies got his first start yesterday. Uh, Jed has been up a couple of times. He's backed up. He hasn't uh, played in a game yet. Maybe they'll give him a game before it's all said and done. I don't know. I would suspect he's just going to back up Michael Hutchinson tomorrow. But I think they're just trying to, um, you know, they're, they're trying to let him know that they appreciate what he's done and he is still in the mix without question. Because, you know, the two guys that, are, that were dressed the last couple of games – Neither one of them has been here, and they both were acquired in trades, and they wind up playing in the NHL. So I, I think they're just uh, – I think it's just a, uh, hey, Jet, we haven't forgotten about you. We know you're there, and uh, why don't you come on up and go on this trip with us? Yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, every 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 team's played tremendous hockey this time of year. I mean, you can't even expect all teams to play perfectly. I mean, I mean, even though the Jackets aren't in the playoffs, I'm still proud of them, even when they did lose to Florida. I mean – it's nothing like I think the goalies could have done wrong. I mean, you just got to work, you know, one thing at a time and, excuse me, give a team the chance to, you know, kind of work their way up as they go. They were an American Hockey League team on Saturday night playing against a hungry National Hockey League team that needed points to get into a playoff spot. That's what they ran into. 
Um, you could also argue they were still an American hockey team yesterday, but yet they overcame all of that and beat the Ottawa Senators. So it's, um, you know, there's a lot of factors in it, Jordan. There's there's how hard you play. There's how responsibly you play. And they were much better responsibly as a team yesterday than they were on Saturday. And, you know, there's the, the competition. And, you know, Ottawa didn't play it like the Florida Panthers played it the day before. And, uh you know, they, they just worked at it. I, I mean, there's a lot of pride. There's a sense of pride for the guys that are in the lineup right now and um, guys that want to get noticed. So it, it doesn't really surprise me that the outcomes were so different from one game to the next. Right. You know, I mean, after all these years, I mean, every Jackets fan should know. I mean, hopefully, I mean, these injuries will kind of taper off into the offseason and kind of hopefully most of the players will recover from the uh, – Injuries, including a high ankle sprain or worse, but you know, my other, um, here's my question to ask you. I mean, forgive me if I'm wrong. Um, do you think Texier will return to the, to the jackets next season? Or do you think he'll stay in France for the remainder of the year? The word is he's coming back. I don't know. He, you know, he, Yarmo says he's coming back. He has said, he said a couple of things. I, I think he has said he's, coming back and then he said he wants to wait until the end of the season over there in Europe and and then he'll make it official or make up his mind or whatever he's going to do I have no idea I have absolutely no idea what that guy's doing no clue and quite frankly at this point don't care no I mean I mean you gotta do what you gotta do I mean no matter what happens I I hope they get another win uh for tomorrow you know especially when you got like you know Lane Pedersen I mean you can't expect all the players to be healthy like right away. It takes time to heal. I mean, progression is it takes a little more. So I mean, it depends on who you who you call off in the monsters, most likely. But you know, it 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 happens. But I could see, but I could see why. You know, most fans are are thankful that uh, Jet's going to help, especially with Hutchinson working on his scheme. And you know, I mean, after all, I mean, you you can't always be perfect in all games. <laughs> Nope, not perfect. Uh, it, it's not a it's not a perfect sport. It's not a not a perfect life either. So, thank you, Jordan. Appreciate your uh, perspective. And uh, I don't, my head's spinning. I my I my I I just got like I I feel like I just got an open ice check in the neutral zone with my head down. I, I'm I'm spinning like that right now. So I've got to get my got my got to get my bearings back about me i could use some help with that too <laughs> i could uh yeah i could definitely use some help getting my bearings back maybe sean can help me out hello sean hey bob good afternoon how are you doing i'm doing well i'm doing well i'm uh waiting for this weather to break apparently i'm over this 40 degree stuff but uh so well one bob, day it'll be a... 70 then it'll be 40 then it'll be 63 then it'll be 22 you know how it is it doesn't it doesn't make sense till about you know middle of june around here anyway the weather wise yeah then everybody um, wants it to be cold yeah, right then over the humidity okay <laughs> right. I'll, take, I'll, I'll take the i'll take the 55 back please <laughs> go um, ahead sean bob i had a question for you it's kind of you know this talk about maybe not maybe getting uh, the proper question and get your bearings like you just said but it's been something that's been um uh kind of on my mind is how how's this season been for you you know it's kind of been it's it's coming i understand we got a week and a half left we have six games left it's not over a lot of things can happen but um 
you know, it's been it's been a crazy season. You think about you you went to Finland. You know, first of all, you get you get Johnny Gaudreau in the off season. That's wild. And then you go to so much hope and promise, and the season starts, and then kind of have this trip to Finland that's up and down, and then kind of this injuries and trades and so many good quality guys have uh, that you probably knew well and had relationships with thinking about you know Gavrikov and Corpusalo and Nyquist and Bjorkstrand all these guys have 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 come in and new guys are left and new guys have come in so and you've been kind of the one thing that's kind of stayed you know always listening to you on the radio it's just kind of just it's always Bob on the radio and so and then also it's kind of been maybe a weird year for you because a good part of the fan base wants to lose out you know and if if ken johnson makes a crazy lacrosse goal there's there's some part of the fan base that doesn't want to see that i don't know it's just been a weird year so i'm just wondering from your perspective you've you've been there through all of it how's this year been for you well i you bring up the the divided fan base i I, somebody sent me a question on that i'll get to it in a little bit and I'll, i'll address that more because i don't i i don't see that as much as you guys do apparently uh, what's it been like for me? I, I think you pretty much stated it. I mean, getting Johnny Gaudreau was uh, just euphoric in the summertime. And, and then you think that, hey, maybe you're ready to take that step. And uh, this is going to be a quick reload and not a full rebuild and all that stuff. And and uh, then you start three and seven. Let's not forget, uh, this team did not get off to a good start this year before the injuries happened. Uh, the injuries kind of masked it once it went along. So it was a disappointing start. And then when Zach Wierenski went down, I'm going to be honest with you, at that point I was like, oh, now what are we going to do? I mean, this is already a weakened defensive core with Adam Boquist not knowing exactly what he's going to be and how healthy he can stay. And Jake Bean, you know, he was not playing well at that time. Branson had just come in. He wasn't playing very well when he first got here. And then you lose the one guy that's a constant on the blue line, and it's, it's frustrating. Um, you mentioned the trip to Finland. That was great. It was a great life experience to go there, somewhere I probably would have never paid to go and uh, explored any part of that country, but I got to do that uh, because of what I do, and I'm very, very thankful for that. The games there stunk. Those weren't fun at all, especially not when Jake Voracek gets uh, knocked out with a concussion, and then he, <laughs> he never plays again. Never plays again. Ends up having his rights traded or his contract traded to the Arizona Coyotes before it's all said and done. Uh, so that's... That, that It's been tough from that standpoint. Now, I will tell you this. When your team is out of it by November, and we all knew, we all knew this team was going nowhere. Once the injuries started to pile up, who was getting injured, how long they were going to be out for, it was very obvious that this is not going anywhere this year. So you're able to get your mind in a certain place, and now you start to look for different things, like the development of the Kent Johnsons and uh, – the Kirill Marchenko's when he comes up and the young players and stuff like that. It's not like you're going down to this week and you're hoping to get those three points you need to get into the playoffs and then you don't get them and then everything's over. You've known since November it's going to be over. So you can prepare yourself for the end of the season. But you mentioned the guys that have left, and I just mentioned Voracek. I was so happy to get him back a couple of years ago, and uh, now he's gone again. And uh, Jonas Corposalo was such a great person and, and somebody that I, I felt I was close with. And he goes to L.A. Uh, Vladislav Gavrikov, another more than quality individual. By the way, you see how quickly he's becoming a social media star for the L.A. Kings? Pretty fast. No surprise. Pretty fast. Um, yeah, so good people have left and other good people have come too. 
I, there have been there have been great stories. There have been uh, people that we've gotten to watch that in a normal situation wouldn't be here. Guys that are getting a chance to show what they can do in the NHL that never would have if everybody would have been healthy and if you would have been having a successful season. So it's, um, you know, you take the good with the bad, but from the standpoint of you knew you weren't going to be in the playoffs. So that that mental adjustment was made a long time ago, and you're just hoping for the best and hoping the guys develop in the best way so that come next year, year after, year after that, that you're back to contending and really have a, a good chance to win the Stanley Cup. So, you know, Sean, I, I appreciate being a constant, and I appreciate your appreciation for being a constant and being here throughout the course of the year and just uh, bringing it to you, the good and the bad. So thanks for that. No, thank you, Bob. And um, I um, I meant a little, like, you know, tongue-in-cheek when I was saying the like, divided fan base. I was at the game last night, and, you know, that place was rocking. I mean, I thought, you know, that was especially uh, – when Marshenko had that um, overtime winner, it was more, it's more of a social media kind of like niche thing. Um, of course, or that, that that's the same for every aspect of life, but yeah, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just so optimistic. I'm seeing Dunta Matejchuk and, and, and Jordan Dumay, and I'm seeing just, you know, David Yerichek and I'm seeing all these guys in the pump uh, pipeline of Orkanov coming over. Hopefully, um, even if we don't get, you know, Connor, but <laughs> I'm, we're, I, we'll, we'll be okay. I honestly think that we'll be okay. And that, and I think that's, that's the good part. And I always tell people, you know, the Colorado avalanche had one of the worst seasons in the history of hockey and they had, they got the fourth overall pick out of it. And well, they end up getting camel car who is the closest thing to Bobby Orr we'll probably ever see. So, you know, and granted they already had Landis Gog and they already had McKinnon. I get that, but sometimes things work out in certain ways and, you know, you just kind of have to take advantage of it, I guess. Yeah, you're right, because you never know. You see what guys are doing now, and does that translate to the NHL? But Dard's going to. We all know that. I think all of the guys in the top four or five, it's going to. But but you really don't know until you know. So that that's a great point. Um, you know, the Avalanche thing is great. you got to pick the right guy, obviously. But, um, you know, that's, that's a good example. Sean, thank you very much. I appreciate you being part of the show today. Let's... Uh, Keep going and move on here. And coming up next, as soon as I get him connected, is I got to wait. Here he is, Troy. Troy's hooked up. Hello, Troy. How are you? I'm good, Bob. How are you? Good, thanks. I have a prelude, and then I have a question. All right. So I wanted to start off by saying, although this season has been filled with injuries and a poor record, I've actually enjoyed this season because we're really seeing chemistry starting to get built in the top six forwards. And I also think another rose that's blooming is the Corrali Robinson Olivier line. I really think they have a lot of character and they have an ability to shut down some other good lines in the NHL. And I also like that we're getting to see these AHL guys come up in the NHL and show us what they've got. And I think, after seeing a bunch of rotations and permutations of these guys in defense, I think it's pretty obvious that we're really looking for a veteran presence on the back end. And maybe even another line that's in the bottom six forward group that could offer something like Corrali, Robinson, and, and Olivier because the Blue Jackets are top three in shots on goal allowed by defensemen. So the question is, this free agent offseason doesn't seem to be filled with too many good names, but... For the criteria 
that we're looking for is veteran defensemen. There's Matt Dumba and Damon Severson that are both 28 years old. And then you have Dmitry Orlov, who's 31. I was wondering if you thought any of those guys would be a good fit for our team. And also, do you think that Voronkov would be a good addition to the third line with what he's doing in Russia? He's protecting Radulov over there and pounding people's face in and also scoring goals in the playoffs. I've been keeping a couple tabs on him, and he looks pretty good. Thank you for hosting the show. You've been great all year. Thank you, Troy. I really appreciate that. Uh, Dmitry Voronkov, let me start there. I've never seen the guy play. I've seen what you've seen. I've seen um, clips, YouTube clips. That's it. Uh, so I, they're nothing but good. Everything you hear is nothing but good. I go back to something that John Luke Grampier told me last year or the year before. I can't remember what it was. John Luke played for Bob Hartley when he coached in the NHL. And Bob Hartley has been coaching in the KHL. And uh, he was talking to Bob Hartley about three guys. They were Chinikov, Marchenko, and Voronkov. And at the time, so this must have been a two-year-ago conversation, because at the time, uh, Hartley felt that Chinikov was going to need seasoning in the American Hockey League. Uh, Marchenko might need a little bit of seasoning in the American Hockey League, which he got and learned very well from, obviously. But he said Voronkov was the guy. That was the guy of the three of them. This guy's ready to come over and play. He's dirty, and he plays the center position, and he'll be a good addition. So, again, never have seen him play. I think that's a pretty good recommendation. All the word is good. He's supposedly coming at the end of the year. Do I think he'll be a good addition based on all of that stuff? Yeah. First of all, he plays center. He's a good addition. Um, but uh, I, I think he will be good. And will he have to go to Cleveland and start like Marchenko did? Maybe. We'll see what his camp looks like. But that's very possible, and that wouldn't be the end of the world if that happens. Um, as far as those defensemen, when I when I think about it, it's I, I don't know. I don't know if, if that's going to be the way to go. I, I think that the, the trade route might be the way that they wind up going instead of the uh, – free agent route. Again, you know, the the word is that they were trying to take that first-round pick that they got from the L.A. Kings. And, oh, by the way, that is now officially a first-round pick. It was conditional that the Kings make the playoffs. They have clinched a playoff spot, so the Blue Jackets do have two first-round picks this coming summer. That's official now. Uh, but they were going to try to take that, and they were going to use it in a package to try to get Jacob Chikrin from the Arizona Coyotes. That didn't work out. He ended up going to Ottawa. He's hurt again, so maybe it did work out. Who knows? Um, but I think, Troy, I think maybe the, the trade route is going to be uh, a little bit more, maybe the better way to go. That Like the guys that you mentioned, Orloff, you know, Orloff's doing great. And I, I thought he was great when he was in Washington. Uh, he's doing great now in Boston. Uh, you mentioned he's 31. It's that, That's not terrible. But the other guys, it's like, ah, they're okay. But, you know, when you talk about free agents, what are you going to have to get into when it comes to paying them? Is there going to be any kind of a bidding war? Are you going to end up overpaying for a guy whose skill is not really worth what you have to give him? I, I don't know. I don't know. So I could see the, the trade route being the first route, and then, you know, maybe, depending upon depending upon the situation, um, you could look at one of those guys, but uh, I think trades are going to be the first the first thing looked at. And we'll see. And it won't be too long, unfortunately, until we do start to see this because in uh, less than two weeks, this will all be over. 
Then, of course, you have to wait for the playoffs and all that stuff. I get it, but I'm, I'm just saying that the, the Blue Jackets are they're planning for the future now. All right, let me go to Twitter. And, by the way, if you're with me on uh, Twitter Spaces and you want to ask a question, please go ahead and request to be a speaker, and I'll get you on. Um, on Twitter, at Bobby Mac Sports, Lauren says, I know Patrick Laine is injured, but from what you saw, do you think there's a chance they'll try playing him at center when he returns, whether it's this season or next? Uh, would that be necessary if we were to draft Bedard, Fantilli, or Carlson? Thanks, as always, and have a happy Easter. Lauren, thank you, and you have a happy Easter as well. Um, it, would it be necessary if you got one of those guys? I You can't have enough centermen. I think if he comes back this year, for sure they're going to put him back in the middle and see what he can do the rest of the way. Uh, next year, I think it would depend upon what the personnel looks like when the season opens next year. It's not going to be the same. So are there going to be – is there going to be, be another centerman here that isn't here now? Um, look, again, if Patrick could play that position – and I mean play it well. I don't mean play it okay or play it once in a while. If he could actually be a regular centerman, I think that would be extremely valuable. He's big. He's got great skill. And I said this before. What he gets paid fits into – you can pay centermen. You pay centermen a lot. They're so valuable. You know, wingers, you start looking, well, is it worth play, paying this guy this much to be a winger? Well – Okay, but if you put him as a centerman, then it's a lot easier to swallow that, right? So that's another thing. But anyway, I, I think he will get another chance. Uh, if the, if he comes back before this season's over, for sure. If he comes back not until next year, it will uh, it'll depend what the roster looks like at that time, I think. But he is excited about it, and he wants to do it. And that, that carries a lot of weight because he doesn't get excited about a lot of things. He's pretty laissez-faire. Kind of a flatline guy. Doesn't get too high, doesn't get too low. But this he's very excited about. So we'll see how it all turns out. All right. Colin Biles. Here comes the question of the day. Colin says, why in the hell are we winning games and ruining our odds for a guy that would instantly make our organization a contender on behalf of all the legit CBJ fans? See, now I think that last line, Colin, is just a little bit too much. What do you mean legit? What makes you legit? If you think that you've got to lose all these games, you're legit, and if you don't, then you're not legit. I mean, that I, I don't know what you're saying there. I hope you're not saying that because that would be too much for me. But, um, yeah, it's, it's, it is frustrating. As dumb as that sounds to say, it is frustrating that you're playing yourself out of the best odds for the number one pick. But I'm talking about the odds. There, it's still a lottery. There's still a chance, right? Remember Dumb and Dumber? So you're saying there's a chance, but but there is, there is still a chance. So we will, uh, we'll see how it goes. And and I I know it's and it's terrible. I think I've said this for the last couple of weeks. Um, it's terrible to have to watch a game and they score late in the game, and you go, darn it, they're going to get a point out of this. What are you doing? Because you play the game to win. I told you last week. You cannot make players and coaches lose. You can't. You cannot do it. This roster, the way it's set right now, too many guys trying to make an impression so they can stay in the National Hockey League. Coaches trying to keep their jobs. Veteran players that just aren't programmed to do that, aren't programmed to fold. I said this on the postgame show last night. If you want to lose games so that you have the best odds of getting the first overall pick, 
then you need to scratch Boone Jenner and Sean Corrales because they will not let it happen. They won't. They're too proud, and they're too much of a professional. We'll not let it happen. And that's a good thing, quite frankly. That's what you want. You don't want people to turn it on shut it off. You want guys that want to go get it every day, no matter the situation. Go get it. So that's what you got. And that's what they are. And how, how would they feel or what kind of a message would that send if they're healthy and you're scratching them because you don't want to win? Terrible. You can't do it. So that's just the way it goes. And you got to deal with it. Siebes says, have you ever seen a fan base this divided? Personally, I can't wait for the season to end. This is stressful. This is the tweet I was talking about with the divided fan base. I don't see it. I don't know. I don't get it. I don't know what's going on. I don't look at half of the stuff you guys put on Twitter. The stuff that comes to me, I'm more likely to look at. The stuff you do amongst yourselves, I don't, quite honestly. So I don't know what kind of fights are going on there. I don't know what's happening with this and that and the other thing. But I divided? I mean, it's – what is there? You want to win? You want to lose? I, I can't wait for the season to end because it's stressful. What's stressful about it? What is stressful? As I said earlier, you haven't been in the playoffs since November. It's nothing stressful. So let it ride out. Enjoy it. Watch some of the new kids. See if you find somebody that you might see again, because there's a lot you may never see again. Enjoy it. Don't get too fired up about it. Uh, what do we got here? Tico, is that right? Yeah, actually better than most pronounce it. So oh, how do you do it? How do, what's, what's, uh, how do you do it? It's like cup of tea company. So it's Tico. But oh, okay. Just, All right. Just read it. But anyways, um, you know, one thing I, I realized uh, while at the game yesterday is, um, you know, I'm, I'm certainly on, you know, the tank side. I understand players don't tank. Coaches don't tank. You know, they're, they're out there giving it all. And I appreciate that. But, like, just sitting here realizing and looking at our roster, you know, we're, we're here because of injuries. And you look at the teams around us. Like, Anaheim doesn't have, you know, a Marchenko, a Gaudreau, or a Johnson. Like, guys that are, you know, 20 goals and, you know, that are young and promising. Chicago is, you know, a shell of a team. You know, while, while I think Bedard would do a lot for Columbus and, you know, changing the franchise for 20 years, like, we probably don't, like, we probably don't deserve it when you look at the other teams around us and and the quality of their roster. And I was just curious to your thoughts. You know, when you when you look at the Blue Jackets compared to you know Anaheim, San Jose, and Chicago, like, do you see the same thing that I do? Like, we just, quite honestly, like, we're just better than them. There are more more tools. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. But but I will say this about Bedard, and I really feel this way. Um, the Blue Jackets didn't set out to be terrible. The Blue Jackets were never trying to lose this year. This is just what happened to them, right? I mean, these other teams, honest to God, are trying to be terrible, trying to be as bad as they can possibly be. The Chicago Blackhawks, top of the list. And it, it, it's, it, it's a lottery. I know some people think it's conspiracy theory that it's not a lottery. But also, I'll say this. If it's not a lottery, the Blue Jackets should go to the top of the class because this is the only franchise that was trying to win and just got hosed with bad luck. The other ones are trying to be terrible. So, but I do see that. Yeah, I, I, you're right. I mean, Anaheim has, you know, Troy Terry's a good player, and Trevor Zegers is a good up-and-coming player. Uh, San Jose, they have, 
I mean, Logan Couture is he's getting long in the tooth there, and uh, who do they have left? Uh, you know, a lot of the guys that that was the core of that team are gone, so they're they're not good. They're they're I I can't believe they won a game after the Blue Jackets were in there because they were they were not good uh, when we were there in San Jose, and uh, yeah, Chicago purpose purposefully gutted themselves. Uh, Anaheim, as I said, a couple of guys, but I don't. it's not the stature of a Johnny Gaudreau and a Patrick Laine. So, yeah, I agree with you on that. I, I do. I think that uh, – but here's the thing. If you got a Bedard and you threw that in there, oh, boy, that's that gives you a lot of uh, – that gives you a lot of jump right there. But I, but to be honest with you, Tico, I, I think that, you know, an Adam Fantilli and maybe a Lucas Carlson, I don't know, but the Fantilli – I talked with Zach Wierenski about Fantilli the other day, and he had some great things to say just about the the kid and the way that he plays. So I don't know. This sounds dumb. I don't know that you need Bedard to get going what you already have, but um, it would be pretty nice. Yeah, and, and I agree. I don't I don't think you need it, but it, it would be awesome. The concern is, and and I'm somebody who is act, actively rooted for some for some losses over the last uh, few weeks, but. The, the real danger is is if you drop out of the top three because yes. then then you're looking at Michkov and it, you know he's three years away and this team is built to win now uh no I, I disagree with you on that I I still think next year is going to be a struggle I do um because you, David Yurchek's going to come up and now he's going to have to adjust to the NHL they still have to make some changes on the back end I I don't know that you get to the playoffs next year the year after that I think you do so um you know, and, and even these guys that are coming in, I mean, it's going to take them two years. So what do you got? Michkov's going to play in the KHL for three years and then potentially come over after that. It's going to take, and Bedard might be an exception, but I still think whoever you take, it's going to be till year three when they're really starting to come into their own. Here, Look at Kent Johnson. Uh, I think he's come a long way this year. And last year I know he played just a little bit. So maybe you could say next year is going to be his, his second year. Full second year, and he's come a long way. But you know, he's had to adjust and he's had to learn this year. Um, that the three years doesn't depending upon what happens. I'd rather have one of these other guys. I get it, but if you're not going to get him, the three years doesn't scare me as much as it scares some people because it's still going to take these guys time to develop anyway. So we'll see, see how it works out. But Tico, thank you very much for uh, being with me today, being on the show. It's great to get some new people that uh, come on, too. I, I really uh, I really appreciate that. I really like that. Get some new people on here and uh, get some different perspectives and hear what you have to say. And let's do that again right now with Tom. Tom, welcome to the Monday Mailbag. How are you? Hey, Bob. How you doing? Can you hear me? I can hear you. Go ahead, buddy. Awesome. Uh, so I just I, – I was going to ask you about some of the injuries and how, like, You've gotten them all in the past with avoiding injuries and stuff like that, but instead, I so I went to both of the um, both of the games this past weekend. The first was pretty rough to say the least, but the second, I I think we're starting to see a little bit of the identity that we're starting to that we've been trying to get all year. Would uh, what do you, what do you think about that? I think so. I and. But the funny thing about it, Tom, the only reason I'm hesitating is because there's so many different guys here um, that it's – I think there's chemistry 
that you're starting to see with uh, Johnny Gaudreau and Boone Jenner and now with Kirill Marchenko, which is good um, because those guys, they've been here and they're going to be here and and they need to have chemistry between them. Um, you know what I really liked yesterday? I really liked uh, Kent Johnson playing with Sean Corrali because Corrali is just a straight-line guy and then Johnson can create and, and do all that stuff that he does. Um, but, yeah, I, I agree with that. And I think the guys that have come up from Cleveland, and we've talked to them about it, the last couple of days. The guys that are coming up had chemistry there. So even when they come here uh, and they're playing together, you know, if you got uh, – who was Jake Christensen playing with yesterday? The, whatever. It doesn't matter. If they're a deep pair in Cleveland, they come up there a deep pair here, uh, the challenge is much greater in Columbus than it is in Cleveland in the National Hockey League. But um, but at least they know each other and, and they're working together. So – yeah, I, I agree with that, Tom. And I think when, when they track pucks like they did yesterday, when they play like they did against Boston and when they play like they did yesterday against the Ottawa Senators, that's the identity that you're talking about, where they're tracking pucks and they're being responsible. They did none of that on Saturday against Florida. Well, I guess part of it that I'm that I'm thinking about, too, is just uh, it's it's really awesome to see this from people like Kirill Mojchenko and Kent Johnson, where – these guys, I mean, it's the first year, and they're not—they're not giving up on the play. And it's cool to see the other guys kind of catching up around them uh, in that same way. And I, I really like you were saying with um, with Corrali on Kent Johnson's line. I, I like that a lot too because Corrali's just driving it to the corners and playing hard and fast, and Kent Johnson's kind of doing all the all the things that make you want to see the highlight reel of. But, yeah, yeah. It, it, Sean makes everybody he plays with better. We talked about that last year. Whoever whoever needed jump-started got put on the line with Sean Corrali, and he just made him better. And, um, you know, I, I don't know if you would necessarily, in a normal situation, put Kent Johnson on his line. I guess you wouldn't because we really didn't see it all year. But now it's an abnormal situation with all of the guys that are out of the lineup. But it worked because Sean Corrali makes it work. He makes his line mates work, and uh, I think Kent Johnson appreciates that a lot. Uh, Bob, I've got one more question, if yeah. you don't mind. Um, so regardless of where we end up on the draft and whether or not that person plays next year, um, I, I kind of wanted to pick your brain. How, how do you see us doing next, next year with just the current lineup that we've got? Because I was thinking, like, a lot of these guys have made progress. Even Liam Foody last night, I was kind of blown away that he was keeping keeping things steady and didn't, I don't know, playing the way you kind of expect him to play all year, but he's finally starting to click along just being quietly good. Um, but I I was kind of, I don't know, I, where do you see us? Because we had the beginning of this year, of course, like you were saying, you've got expectations when you sign Johnny Goudreau. Like, it, you, there's no way around it. You just have some expectation of being better than you were the year before. And this upcoming year, like, the only thing that I see being up in the up in the air is kind of goaltending, but the rest of the team seems like it's it's got to be better with everybody healthy, right? Got to be better. The, def- the defense still needs addressed a little bit. But the goaltending is, yeah, that is, wow, what a question mark that's turned into in a hurry. Um but as far as the, uh, you know, with the forwards, I, I think a lot of questions. They, they've learned a lot about their team. 
They really have. And Tom, thank you for being on today. I really appreciate it. Uh, great thoughts, great questions. Uh, where's it going to be next year? Again, should be in a much better place. Marchenko's going to be here right from the start and much better. Kent Johnson's much better player. Uh, Johnny Gaudreau will start his second year here, and now he he's, you know, meshed. Is Boone going to be a centerman? That's, you know, who what, who do you wind up with over the offseason? Because Boone Jenner, as great as he is, as great as he is, on a playoff team, I still think he's a third-line winger. And that's not a knock on him. That's just where he can go out and disrupt and find pucks and shoot pucks and all that stuff. You know, Boone might get to 30 goals again this year, and I hope he does. I, I am rooting for him so hard to get to 30 goals. He's at 26 after yesterday. and it, What a fantastic season he has had. Uh, and I'm glad that you brought up Liam Foody because it was two or three weeks ago on this show I said if if, if Emil Bemstrom and or Liam Foody is on your roster next year, you really have to scratch your head and ask why. And I have backed off of that, half of that. Because Liam Foody, wow, in the last couple of weeks has he become noticeable. Not just scoring goals, but everything he's been doing. The goal he set up Jack Roslevic for in uh, Boston the other night was unbelievable. And I asked Brad Larson yesterday in pregame. I said, uh, were you wondering if you were ever going to see the Liam Foody that was a first-round draft pick? And he said, honestly, yes, I was. But I'm seeing it now. So good for him. Congratulations to Liam Foody for making the most of the opportunity that he is getting right now. Lester, welcome to the Monday Mailbag. How are you? Not bad. You know, good. what you said about Foody and the way he's changed goes back to last week when you said the Sharks are the worst team in the league, and then they turned around one three straight. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Uh, so what do you want to happen this week? What do you want me to talk trash about this week and spin it around? I could do it. You could try the Ducks and the Blackhawks. Yeah, I, I think – they're never going to win a game again, either of those two. Well, here's the thing. The Blue Jackets over the last 17 since the trade deadline, they're 5-10-2. That's 12 points out of 34. They're basically playing at a 35% clip. What's different is the Blackhawks in those 17 games since they dumped Domi and Kane and Taves isn't going to play anymore. They're 2-15. and 15. They picked up four of 34 points. The Blue Jackets are about what they've always been. But the Blackhawks and, and Ducks have just absolutely bottomed out. So it isn't like the Blue Jackets have gone on this big winning streak or anything. They're pretty much what they've been all season. It's just those other teams have finally achieved the lack of success that they've wanted all year long. Yeah, that they've wanted. That's that's put perfectly. Yeah. But I uh, to describe my feelings about the Blue Jackets season, remember the, the disappointment you felt the first time you opened a box of grape nut cereal when you discovered there were no grapes and no nuts? I've never eaten that cereal. That's way too yeah, well, healthy. That's way too healthy for me. Well, trust me, there's no grapes and there's no nuts. So don't be deceived by the labeling. This this year just simply. You would have been better off to say to me, remember when you were a kid and there was supposed to be that toy inside and you dumped out that entire box and there was no toy inside there? Now that I can relate to. Uh, yeah, well, maybe that too. But they're not allowed to put toys in cereal anymore. So, <laughs> But uh, the looking ahead, I I'm not worried about uh, – uh, Connor Bedard. I, I never really was because you have no control over the lottery. You could be the absolute worst team and not get the guy in any way. I think my greatest concern about this team going forward is something that was just mentioned, and that is the goalie situation. Because quite honestly, right now, 
I think it's a mess. I think uh, Elvis is kind of a lost cause. I don't know that he's ever really processed the Kiv Lennox tragedy well. I think there's too many reminders around for him. And I think he really just needs a change of scenery. But the problem is, as been discussed, the contract isn't movable. And I don't know if you could even move him in a bad contract for another bad contract deal. And then the Tarasov situation, he has great promise. He's been hurt a lot. He's been down four times this year. He lost the last half of last season to the hip surgery. And uh, I think, if I'm not mistaken, once next year rolls around, you cannot send him back to the minor leagues without running him through waivers. So they've got a lot of things to figure out in the, in the, in the goalkeeping situation. And really, you can put together a great offensive team if you want to, but if the goalie situation isn't solved, you basically become the Edmonton Oilers. Yeah, you're right about that. And I, I you know, I never thought the goaltending situation was going to get uh, to be that big a concern as quickly as it has. But, uh, but here we are. So that is, uh, yeah, that, that's got to be, that's got to be addressed. And I, and I don't know, you know, can Elvis come back? I'm not, I'm not sure. I'm just not sure if, because it's, it's obviously uh, as much mental as it is physical right now for him. And, and that's, that makes it more of a concern. But, yeah, that that is going to be looked at, I'm sure, very heavily during this offseason because uh, you're right. If you're if you're getting better scoring goals and you're getting better defending in front of the goaltender, but if the goaltender still is not going to be reliable, then you're going to be sitting in the exact same situation that you are. So that, that's got to be that's got to be a great A concern, I think. I thought that maybe there was a possibility that if things maybe didn't work out on the free agent market, that they might be able to pursue Gavrikov or Corpusalo again, kind of a circle back situation. But those guys are playing so well in LA in a big media market that their stock is going way up. And I think they're going to get the big contracts. They've both always sought. Yeah, I, I think you're right about that. And I, I think uh, Corpusalo is, uh, I think they would like to circle back and see what's there, but you know, if I'm him and, uh, if I'm him, to be quite honest with you, the way that he was treated when it came to contracts here, I'd be listening to everybody. I I wouldn't be uh, I wouldn't be so quick to come back here. Don't get me wrong; I'd love it if he would, but you know, um, I I think he'll listen to a lot of people, and I think a lot of people, as you just said, will be talking to him. Oh, amen. Uh, it's this is just this is just what it is. But yeah, goalkeeping got to figure it out. Other than that, I hope you enjoy the rest of the season. Uh, it's, it's been, it, for me, it's still a fun ride. I still like going to the games. Yeah. I wish they'd been better this year, but I understood early on when Dan Forth, Wierenski and Borchuk all went down, it was going to be a rough ride and that's just what it was. But I think there are way better days ahead and I'm looking forward to what the future brings. Yes. I agree with you a hundred percent on that. So thanks for, thanks for coming on with me today. Uh, you know, that goaltending thing too, if Tarasov could just stop getting injured, that would help that situation too. But he has been, it has been some kind of a season for him when it's come to injuries. He's been banged up just about every different way that you can be. Um, what else do I have here? Uh, Andy McLean says, with essentially a preseason lineup, Blue Jackets played two really good games this past week. What do you think of the organizational depth? Can you also explain the change the NHL is proposing to the draft this year um, surrounding the number one pick? What's the change that they're with what what changed surrounding the number one pick? I don't know. I don't know what you're talking about with that. So I'm unsure, Andy. But uh, the depth looks good. Obviously, as you just pointed out, they won 
or they picked up three points in two games that uh, they probably shouldn't have just based on the roster that they had here. Uh, let's see. Um, what is this? Ebros, I don't know if that, I'm saying that right. Anyway, is John Gillies the tallest goaltender we've ever had? Him and Hutch, they're not bad. Uh, he probably is. He's 6'6", so he probably is without looking. I would say, yeah, because Tarasov's, what, 6'3"? So, yeah, I think that's a safe bet to say that he is. Uh, what else do I got here? This one is from Specific Ocean. What do you people think when you're making your, your Twitter handles? I, I'm just curious. Just curious, not knocking it. I'm just wondering. Specific Ocean says, which players currently on the roster do you see as locks to make the roster for next year, and which players do you see as fringe players or players that could be replaced in the rebuild? Uh, again, uh, Gaudreau in, Jenner in, Ken Johnson in, Sean Corrali in, Matthew Olivier in, um, uh, Patrick Laine is in, Kirill Marchenko is in. Who am I forgetting here? Uh, you know, Foodie, maybe a bubble guy. Robinson could be a bubble guy. I, I know that, uh, you know, he and Olivier and uh, Corrali have played really well, but Liam Foodie is giving him a run for his money, I think, because they're similar players. Robinson's bigger, but Foodie has the speed. Foodie's penalty killing. Foodie is creating uh, some points. Robinson got his 11th yesterday. That's a good thing for him. I think both of those guys are, uh, they could be bubble guys. Uh, Emil Bemstrom, to me, bubble guy. Um, Boquist's in, Wierenski's in, Goodbranson's in. Uh, who else is playing on the blue line right now? Who else is uh, in there? Blankenberg. I, Blankenberg's a bubble guy. Bayreuther's a bubble guy. So that's just a that's just a quick run through of guys that I think are are definitely in that I know are definitely in. the guys I said I know for sure they're definitely in for sure. Anyway, uh, that's going to do it today. Because I've got to get out of here. I've got to run. I've got to head to the airport. We're going to go to Toronto, and the Blue Jackets are going to take on the Toronto Maple Leafs tomorrow night. And uh, then they're going to go to New Jersey and play on Thursday night. So that's the upcoming road trip. Uh, the game tomorrow against Toronto gets underway at 7 o'clock tomorrow evening. And that means pregame coverage starts at 6.30. You can get it with Dylan Tire and me on the Blue Jackets radio network. You can also get it on TV on Valley Sports Ohio, 6.30 pregame, 7 o'clock face-off in Toronto. Last crack at the Maple Leafs. Boy, they'll be looking for those points tomorrow, Toronto will. And the Blue Jackets are going to have to play hard and tough. Thanks for joining me on the Monday Mailbag. Until tomorrow, so long.